Have you ever considered what is available to create more magic in your world? If you allowed the mysticism to come through you, imagine the vastness of opportunity you could access. Get ready to listen, share, and experience the mystery of you. Now, here are the hosts of The Mystic Margarita Show, Marge Bowen and Margaret Miller. Hello, everyone. This is Marge Bowen. I'm with Margaret Miller. We're the Mystic Margaritas on Inspired Choices Network. Thrilled to be with you today. So hope hope that uh, you've had a good week last week. And we're going to enter this week with some great conversation around codependence and how we can transition and heal that into interdependence. And uh, I love this, this topic, Margaret, because I have to say, as I reflect on, you know, my 68 years of life, I think my greatest healing in this life, my greatest uh, personal growth really came from understanding this idea about codependency and, um, and then being able to become aware enough to learn and go through the process of shifting that into a much more independent and interdependent existence. And so I love the conversation. And when I think about codependence, um, I think a lot of words come to mind. The first one that comes to mind is attachment, that we hold a lot of attachments. Another one is illusions, of course, because we not only live in our own illusions, but we also interact with the illusions that exist out in our lives the illusions of others, the illusions of society, the illusions of politics. I mean, there's so many illusions that we dance with. Mm -hmm. um, and then another word that comes to my mind are masks, because part of the illusion are these masks that we wear as a result of the experiences we've had growing up. And the masks are wonderful in one way because they help us get through those experiences and survive them. But then we grow to the point where the masks no longer work for us, they work against us. So we have to become aware of the masks that we put on and when we put them on and who we put them on for so that we can begin to identify them and, and to know, oh, that's a mask. And okay, what, who am I now if I'm not wearing this mask in this dance of life? So I love, uh, I love this whole topic. I, I think that with codependence, meaning I really need you to, I need to depend on you for my safety and survival is basically the biggest energy of that. Um, and it may not be to a person, it could be to an idea as well, of course, to beliefs, to thoughts, to things like that. But this, I think the healing, and this is a gift of healing, when we learn um, about our own codependence and we become more sensitive to that, we can begin to say, to let go of things in such a way that we learn to stand alone. And this idea of learning to stand alone is part of the healing process. And I always believe that, uh, I, I know for me personally, there was a time when I had to learn how to be alone. I had to learn to be okay with being alone with myself and because I had that the, I had the beautiful compensation. Uh, I learned, I should say, I learned the beautiful compensation very, from a very young age 
of staying busy, 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 busy. Because the busier I became, the more comfortable I was in my life because I had, I, I didn't have to look at the emotional experience of my, of my life mm-hmm. that was simmering underneath everything. And so busyness for me became a way of coping with uh, a shut down emotional self. And that was one mask. I had the busy mask. So lots to talk about here, Margaret. Yeah, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering which, which part of that to choose to, to bounce off of because there's, yeah, the, this is a, a very, very big topic. And, and I think, you know, I think I'll, I'll start with the illusion part and, and how that is, um, such a big part of what happens, what, what happens to cause us to become codependent. Right. And, and, you know, when we think about it, we, we are, um, you know, relationships are our biggest learning ground. They are the, the fuel and the fodder for, you know, our lives. And, and so it's, it is, it's one of the most important topics that, that we have. And it's the most important um, dance that we're involved in, in this life is, is our uh, relationships with, with each other. And, you know, especially, uh, I think oftentimes we do think about codependence in terms of, uh, you know, our intimate relationship or our, you know, marriage or partnerships or, or those kinds of things. Uh, but it's it's really you know the illusions start uh, in our childhood with our relationships with our parents and our siblings and our you know and society at large right and and the and the um, the myths and the masks that we uh, learn how to pick up as you were saying um, throughout our lives and 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 I like that you went straight to um, uh, you know like a mask that you would wear to avoid um, the intensity of being in relationship with yourself, right? Being alone, because that's what happens, right? When we're, we're alone, we're, we're faced with ourselves, you know, and, and, and that can be quite scary. And so, and, and I think also the codependence, you know, when we when we're in a relationship with someone else and we find ourselves needing them to um, validate or you know approve of us to um, uh, help us make you know make decisions like that's a that's a, a sign of codependency right is to not be able to have to make decisions. Sorry, I'm getting a little tongue. That's okay. I, I actually have a list of emotional imbalances oh, yeah. that can reflect this because this, this, the, the, the codependence energy is definitely part of the second chakra, this, uh, the central chakra. And uh, so there are certain emotional imbalances because this chakra is about emotions. It's our, it's, a, it, it's, it's mantra is I feel, and it's also about boundaries and being able to put those in place. So very much about, it falls in beautifully with what we're talking about, but the emotional imbalances are uh, unable to get along with others worried that other people, what other people think of you, enjoying and valuing um, social status, following the crowd, power seeking, 
So those are definitely ways that um, emotionally we can see some flags come up that might tell us, ooh, am I moving into this codependency? Now, now the interesting thing too about second chakra is the dysfunctional archetype is the martyr. Mm-hmm. And what is a martyr, but it, it, that's the shadow of this chakra. So what is a martyr? The martyr is that I'm going to sacrifice myself for others, for you. And that's fine if we choose to do that. And we're very aware of what we are giving up of self in what ways we're giving up of self to do that. That's fine. We can make that choice. But if we're doing it unconsciously, then we might do it to the point of ruin, really, of exhaustion or of resentment in the relationship. So second chakra is also about relationships, because without without understanding my emotional experience and how we interact and what happens to me when we interact in this way, and then being able to express some boundaries, put up some boundaries to say, no, that because now I'm now I'm sacrificing too much. And if I do that long enough, I'm going to be resentful of you. So I have to back up and see if I can negotiate what it is I want, right? And give you what you want. That is balance. So balance is another piece of this whole conversation. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know, as as you were talking about that, I was also aware of uh, another, you know, one of the main areas that uh, started using the term codependency was uh, with people with addictions, right? You know, alcohol and drug addictions and in relationships. And so, so does, you know, is someone depending on the other person for their food and shelter and, you know, and, and the money to, you know, keep up the addiction and, and so forth. And, and, and I don't know why that came up uh, so powerfully for me as, you know, as a, a way to look at this, but, but when we, be, I think because, you know, we talked about this last week and addictions and, and so forth, um, you know, and how, how it's so difficult to change out of that and, and how it causes us to entangle ourselves um, in, in, uh, relationships in in that codependent unhealthy way, right? If you've ever been, I don't know if that that's been part of your experience, but it certainly was part of mine, where uh, uh, previous relationships were, um, you know, the the person had a, a very strong addiction, and 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 I became the the savior or the martyr in that in that way. I guess that's why that came up, uh, you know, and and. I felt like I needed to support them in order for me to have what I needed, which was uh, to not be alone, yes. right? <laughs> and so, so we can really, really tangle ourselves in deeply. And I, you know, I think for me, it was really finally getting uh, to the point where I. I, it was so miserable. You have, sometimes you do have to have that two by four method, like we talked about and, and find out that there wasn't anything that I could do to make them better, to make them not be in the state that they were in and to finally, you know, have to have to go, wait a minute. I have to take, I have to take care of myself here. Otherwise I'm going down with the ship. That's right. 
That's right. And that, that, that brings me then to the functional archetype of second chakra, which is the emperor empress. Because if I am the leader of a village and I am charged with their care and their, you know, all the goodness that I can help them create and we can all create as a village, I need to make sure I am well, I need to take care of myself so that because I have a great responsibility in caring for them. So I have to care for self. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the power of the emperor empress is that, you know, I, I, I need, I deserve, right, to take the time to make sure I, all my house is in order before I help you put your house in order. And uh, so that equalizes that imbalance of the martyr. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, we see that, uh, that same thing, you know, the, the typical uh, example of that is uh, on an airplane. Uh, if the oxygen max mask drops down, put it, the oxygen mask on yourself before anybody else, right. <laughs> even so your child, because yeah, that's right. You have to be the one to be able to be, to take care of them. Yeah. Yeah, and then then I'll just finish with this, and then I know it's getting close to time uh, for a break. But uh, the you know the the energy of second chakra is really about being able to experience pleasure, and it isn't it, it isn't just sexual pleasure because that chakra does rule this our sexuality, which so then it's also about creativity, but it's also about just being able to have fun in life, because if we're mired down in this codependency and victim energy or martyr energy and all of that and we're ignoring our emotional wellness then it robs us of our ability to experience joy and pleasure in life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i i want to talk about this quite a bit when we get back because it it also that leads us into the conversation of um uh our uh, the expectancy sometimes that of our partner being responsible for our happiness, <laughs> which is one of those illusions that we were eluding to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, let's take a break now. And um, you're listening to Marge Bowen and Margaret Miller on Mystic Margaritas on Inspired Choices Network. And we will be right back. Have you ever wondered what mysticism truly is? Dancing with the mystic within you creates great opportunities that lead to magical changes. This magic is how our energy fields and intuition support us in relationships, work, finances, and, well, just having fun. Mystic Margaritas is created from both of our names being Margaret, which means pearl. Our combined experience and knowledge have created pearls we would love to share with you as you navigate your life. Margaritas, in this context, represents the sweet and salty of life. Listen for The Mystic Margarita Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 p.m. Central, 11 a.m. Mountain, and 10 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. 
professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world, knowing your voice matters, and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Mystic Margarita Show with Marge Bowen and Margaret Miller. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to mysticmargaritas at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. All right, you're joining Mystic Margaritas. I'm Marge Bowen, and we're talking about codependence and and how we shift that into interdependence. Um, So before we went on break, Margaret, we were talking about this idea of... um, you know, moving out of martyr energy and and into a place where we can take care of ourselves by putting some boundaries in. And so we got into the, you wanted to talk about when a partner is responsible for, when we feel responsible for our partner's happiness, right? Or our partner feels responsible for our happiness. And, you know, I also mentioned before break that, that this is the process of learning to stand alone. And so, where that takes us is with our limited thinking. We need to look at our limited thinking, right? And instead of looking at things from a, in, in a black and white way, we need to bring in some gray, right? We need to move. And, and actually second chakra is also about body movement, which, which is easy, uh, easy which, which is understandable because we need that flexibility. We need to move away from rigidity, not just in our body, but in our mind as well. So, um, what did you want to say about that, Margaret? Oh, well, I, you know, I was just thinking about how, you know, the, there's a, a large mythology, uh, around, um, you know, partnership and marriage and so forth, you know, being living happily ever after. Right. And, and, I, you know, I think you and I grew up with that mythology, maybe more even than, you know, some of the younger generations have, have, but it's still there. And, and so we oftentimes, you know, early on in, in relationships, we have that expectation that this, you know, the relationship and this person is uh, somehow responsible for our happiness or we, and or we're responsible for their happiness and and so if they're not happy then uh we're doing something wrong or if if we're not happy they're doing something wrong or you know and so how do we um you know how do we grow out of that and because i think you know i think it's it's an illusion that a lot of people are um, are still involved in, you know, even in long-term relationships, uh, they still have this expectation or this immense disappointment that their partner isn't making them happy somehow, or they're not making their partner happy. And, and so that's kind of where I wanted to go because, you know, when we discover that we're in charge, right. That, that, uh, standing alone, 
that we are actually in charge of our own frequency, our own emotional state, that it doesn't, it's, it, it's that it, we can generate that from inside of ourselves, then we have the happy discovery that it's not up it's not up to us to do that for someone else but it is up to us to do that for ourselves yeah so i, I guess that's where i wanted to go no i really like that because when we have a tendency to think when we're in that place of thinking that they're not happy so it must be me that is very much a codependent way of being and it speaks to um, it speaks to our wounded spirit, of course, and our spirit is wounded because of, you know, because of, of what happens to us in childhood, because nobody's perfect. And, and it's not to put blame anywhere, but that's how we learn is all of these wounds that we acquire through our childhood. And now, and they, they create these unique glasses that I see the world from. And so now I get, as an adult, I begin to take my glasses kind of try to take them off or change them to begin to open up to new ways of seeing that's going to support me in fully discovering who I am. And as I do that, of course, I can, I can better respond to that, to an unhappy spouse. But I also think, Margaret, that this takes us to attachment. And if you don't mind, I actually have the top, the five levels of attachment I'd like to share. Sure. And this is out of Don Miguel Ruiz uh, Jr.'s book called The Five Levels of Attachment. And it's, I really recommend this book because we have seen this in our lives, in our political lives, in so brilliantly this last year that if you look at it through this, this knowledge of attachment, it's a very interesting way to view what's happened to us recently in our country. Uh, but the first level of attachment is called the authentic self. Because let's just take, for example, football. If I have, if I love football and I'm operating from my authentic self, I can go to a football game and I'm not attached necessarily to either team, but I enjoy the game. So I'm just going to go, I'm going to watch it and I can enjoy it. And I can enjoy what happens, you know, back and forth between teams. And then um, I, I have a, maybe a little story of victory and defeat, but it's not a big story and I can let it go as soon as I leave the game, okay? The, the second, um, so I just enjoy life without conditions basically with the, the authentic self-attachment. So the second level of attachment is preference. So this is where I'm identifying a preference. So I might have a favorite team and I've invested a little piece of myself because that makes it fun emotionally. I can get excited for that team and especially if they win, you know, and, and uh, so, and I can get excited talking about the game of my team with other people and things like that. But I can still let go of that attachment even though I have a little story about victory and defeat there. The third level of attachment is identity. So this is where I'm a committed fan um, and the game definitely affects me on an emotional level. I might, I might have, I might get, feel real low if my team loses. Okay. Um, and it partially defines me, um, when they win or they lose, I'm able to accept victory and disappointment. And so I can detach, but I can still relate to a person as a fan. So it takes a little bit more part of my identity. 
okay? It shapes a little more of a, a part of my life around me by the winning and losing. And then the fourth level of attachment is internalization. And this is when I associate with a team and they've become a part of my identity. So in other words, it takes more of a personal, it takes more of my life personally. I, I really identify to this team to the point where I don't want to sit with you if you're part of the other team. I don't, I don't even want to talk about football if you don't like football. You know, I don't, I don't invite you to my house if you don't like football. Um, and the team and how it performs and that attachment to the team takes on a little more self-importance in my life. I associate it with self. The team colors mean something. My team is better than yours. You're wrong. This is where it goes into, um, you know, I've all of a sudden got into that black and white thinking of mine teams better than yours and I'm right, you're wrong. And then the final, the fifth level is, um, um, I can't read them. Oh, fantasism. Okay. And so I must defend my team. I must defend my team. And this is where it takes it to, um, my team is the real team. And there, there's, it can move into conspiracy theories. Okay. It can move into uh, families being torn apart because I feel so strongly about this team being the right team and it's my team. And if you think differently than I do, then you are so wrong and I'm going to push you away. Um, and then respect is lost. Okay. There's, there's some respect that starts to, to be degraded and that can lead to dehumanization. Mm -hmm. That is the most dangerous attachment as we have all seen. Yes. So even that, even though that's far more dramatic than what we're talking about in terms of having a spouse that I can't make happy, but if I'm so attached to this idea that if I'm the wife and my husband isn't happy, then it's, I am responsible for this. Or that when you do this, you're wrong, right? You're wrong. Yes. Yeah. No, I think, I, I don't think it's, it's, too dramatic because it i mean this is this is how we get there right this is how we get to the the places that that we've seen ourselves coming to as a country and it's it starts you know it starts in the microcosm right we are we are um holographically uh you know showing in our individual relationships what's happening in the larger uh, scheme of things, you know, and so as the good news to that is that, that if we can uh, heal those attachments and recognize, you know, identify them, recognize them and heal them uh, within our own lives, within our own relationships and so forth, then there's hope for us to be able to do that on a larger scale, right? If we can't do it, if we can't recognize that at the individual level, there's no way to recognize it when it's so systemic. That's right. And of course, attachment and just asking the question, what am I attached to here? And 
and trying to understand that why do I have that attachment can be very beneficial in moving forward because if we if we don't then we get stuck again we go back to that rigidity and we can't move out of that codependency we have to really parent ourself I love that term parent ourself what does that mean well it means that a I'm responsible for me B, I'm responsible for my thoughts, for my attitudes, for my beliefs, and I am clearly the one that can change them once I really connect with what I need. And now I have to drop down into my heart to to connect with what's most important to me, what I value. So I'm, I just noticed uh, Jen was saying she read a few biographies of professional af- athletes and they talked about the emotional damage the media and fans booing and socially smearing them. We forget that these are humans and it is so unfortunate. It, yeah. it is. And, you know, when we when, when we do those things, th- this is the sensitivity right? That when we do those things, there is a little part of ourselves that is negatively affected. Now we're back to the flow of energy and how energy affects, how energy works in ourselves and how it extends out and works with others. Yeah. So let's uh, take a break now. And then when we come back, let's talk more about the sensitivity. I really want to get into that quite a bit. So you are listening to Marge Bowen and Margaret Miller on Mystic Margaritas on Inspired Choices Network. And we'll be right back. Have you ever wondered what mysticism truly is? Dancing with the mystic within you creates great opportunities that lead to magical changes. This magic is how our energy fields and intuition support us in relationships, work, finances, and, well, just having fun. Mystic Margaritas is created from both of our names being Margaret, which means pearl. Our combined experience and knowledge have created pearls we would love to share with you as you navigate your life. Margaritas, in this context, represents the sweet and salty of life. Listen for the Mystic Margarita Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 p.m. Central, 11 a.m. Mountain, and 10 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Mystic Margarita Show with Marge Bowen and Margaret Miller. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to mysticmargaritas at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. You're listening to Mystic Margaritas. I'm Marge Bowen here with Margaret Miller, and we're on Inspired Choices Network. Thank you for listening today. Margaret, we're talking about codependency. We had a great discussion about um, attachment, and now we're going to get into sensitivity. And I I can't wait to hear what we're going to talk about here. (laughs) I can't wait to see what comes up. But I love that we're going to discuss this because we we do need to become more sensitive. What does that really mean? Um, Well, it means, to me, it means a lot of awareness, actually. And a lot of um, awareness about who we're dealing with and also ourselves. So in other words, some, sometimes we think that if we're super sensitive, that we need to escape the situation, or we need to go to another place, right? And we don't, we can stay right where we are. 
and we can begin to open up to that sensitivity and see what it has to teach us. Because I think there's always wisdom in silence and wisdom in waiting sometimes. And I believe that when we are in this sensitivity, we open up to our ability to uh, be quiet and hear what someone else is saying. And even sometimes more important than that, what they're not saying. And then also give them time, right? And give ourselves time to really understand ourselves and others. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. And, and so in a code in codependency, one of the things that happens is that uh, we can't identify our own feelings. Like we are not, we're not able to uh, tell what's ours and what isn't ours. Right. And so we're, and that's how we get into that loop of, of thinking that, you know, they need to do something differently to make us happy is if our spouse gets upset, then we're automatically upset, whether it's at us or, or not. Right. You know, if we're, if we don't have that sensitivity, that internal uh, awareness of what's actually real for us and, you know, and that we, that we do have this ability to, um, choose our state of being, right? The, you can't choose your state of being if you're not sensitive to what's actually going on. And, and if you're just reacting to somebody else's uh, mood or point of view, right? Or if you are um, actually feeling that way yourself, right? So when, when and this is, uh, this is actually um, leads into our, our, uh, next week's show in a way, because, because we're, we're going to be talking then about discernment and right. And so you have to be able to, to discern what, uh, what is yours and what isn't. And the, the other thing that came up as you were talking was um, the, the, the example that you used about um, uh, busyness you know, the mask of busyness. And, and basically that mask of busyness was a way of uh, dissociating, right? It, yes, very much. Right. So I don't have to feel this. That's right. Well, and suppressing. Yeah, absolutely. Because we do have to suppress. We're suppressing emotions all the time. We're thinking, feeling beings. We're suppressing all the time because we cannot, we're, you know, we live lives. So we can't be experiencing every single emotional experience in every second of the day um, or we wouldn't get much done. So we do suppress naturally. And so the busyness is a master suppression. And so what can happen when we masterly suppress is that it can explode. And that's the reaction you're talking about, right? That we react. And I've certainly been there, done that. And so the reaction is full of emotion, right? Because I've been suppressing all that emotion for so long that when finally something tips me over the edge, it just all and everything behind it comes wow, like that. And that can really be, it's great to get it out, but it's not always appropriate to direct it at, at, at someone else and, and can really hurt 
the communication and the exchange with someone. So it takes great mastery. It really does take great mastery in parenting self to be able to understand self well enough to, to step out of that I am responsible for you. So then I can stand in a calm way and listen to you, even if, it, if, even if you disagree with me and I'm not going to make you wrong and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to think of my next response. I'm just going to listen. And as I'm doing that, I'm opening up to how is this making me feel? And what is my experience right now? And then if we can do that in, in such a calm way, we can actually move into a beautiful exchange and negotiation. And I, I like the word negotiation because we do want to hear the opposing view. I want to share, of course, my authentic point of view. And then from there, we can come to an agreement, right, about any action that might need to be done. And if not, then at least we've shared that intimacy in experiencing one another. That's so awesome. <laughs> You're just, being, yay. yay. <laughs> that was really good. And, and it really, you know, that excites me because, because what that does for me is it brings me right back to my favorite thing, which is bringing my awareness and attention back into my heart center, back into my body, back into my being so that I can listen, so that I can, you know, be uh, just a full participant in uh, whatever the exchange is. It's such an exciting thing because that's when the magic happens, right? When we can respond to each other from that place of, um, deep listening authenticity too yeah yes yeah it really is margaret and and the you know if, if we look at it i love to talk about this relationship between the throat chakra which is expressing our truth right it, and it's also about communication and not just expressing what i have to say not just expressing my truth but being able to stay open and hearing someone else's truth so there's that exchange but in order for me to to do that effectively there is this triad, right? I've got to know my heart. I've got to know my heart. And I have to discern my heart, speaking of discernment, with my mind and my intuitive self, my intuitive listening. And so when I can balance my heart chakra, my brow chakra, when they are in balance, then I can speak and I can hear from the throat chakra in such a beautiful way. And that's the authenticity that you're talking about in communication anyway, and expressing my truth. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and, it, and it's, it's such a, a powerful tool. And it's, you know, how do we move out of codependency into the, you know, there's, there's sort of an in, intermediate step. You, know, you go from codependency to independence, like and and that and having that skill to be able to um, to recognize what's me and what's not me and what I'm what I am responsible for and what I'm not responsible for, yes. and and then to move from that independence until you have two independent people, hopefully that and that then. 
become then start to recognize their interdependence because the independence is yet another level of illusion when you come down to it when it when it all comes down to it that's right you're right absolutely it is right because we do and in fact aging tells you that because as we age you know there are times when we do need we can be independent until the cows come home but there are times when i need support and in, even if we're not, you know, in our older years, there, you know, maybe an injury teaches us that, or, you know, we're not able to move about in our lives like we can. And so we, we do need to learn to be open to being supported in life and not see it, not judge it as, as a weakness and things like that. So it, but that is not codependency necessarily, but this interdependency right? Where, well, yes, I, I'm, I'm, an, I'm independent in my thought and my, my thoughts, my, my heart. Um, and I can ask, I can invite in uh, a, a, an exchange with someone that can support me and honor who they are. Right. And that's, you know, and that's, that's one level of it. And then, and then we even move into a deeper level of inter of recognition of interdependence when we recognize that the choices that we make and the things that we say and the actions that we take do have an effect. You know, we're not responsible for the other person's uh, response or reaction or anything, but that we actually, that we are, having an effect. And, and so this is, you know, this is really powerful to understand in the area of personal relationships for sure, but it's also really important to understand in our uh, interactions with the world at large, right? We are having an effect and, and the, and everyone else is, is having an effect. Yeah, Margaret, thank you for taking it out that big. I really like that you did that. And it's easy to understand that more if we look at how we interact with the animal world, right? And if I have a dog coming up to me and I just assume that it's a friendly dog and that I love dogs and so it'll love being petted by me and I just instantly go and, and touch it to pet it, to touch it, to pet it, uh, I might learn through its biting me that that isn't what that dog was about, right? It just wanted to sniff and acknowledge my, my existence, but didn't want to be touched. So then I made an assumption, right? That was wrong. And it had an impact on the dog. And then of course on me, because the dog, that was, that assumption wasn't true. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to, you know, being sensitive then to, our, our thinking, our assumptions, and considering that, and this goes back to the black and white thinking and bringing in some gray and being, and, and having, being able to move differently when we're interacting out in the world, because just because this has worked for me with my dog doesn't mean it works for every dog. So I have to look at it differently now and expand how I see interacting with dogs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so that requires uh, the sensitivity. It requires presence, right? It requires mindfulness when we, when we are uh, um, interacting with the world at large, <laughs> you know, it would be good to, to be present. And, 
and I was even thinking, you know, uh, in, in terms of like the, the butterfly effect, right? Could, could possibly a butterfly's uh, flapping its wings in Brazil cause a tornado in Texas, right? And, and how, how beautifully interdependent all of life is. Right. And for me, it's, it's that, uh, um, you know, the Lakota phrase again, the, the, um, um, mitaku ye o yasin, mitaku yasin, uh, all of my relations, or we are all related. We're all in this together. And everything that you, everything that you think and do and say has an impact somehow on the, on me and on the collective and, and really how beautiful that awareness is. <laughs> yes. My goosebumps. <laughs> I like it too. Okay. So I think it's uh, time for us to take a break and you're listening to mystic margaritas with Marge Bowen and Margaret Miller on inspired choices network. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered what mysticism truly is? Dancing with the mystic within you creates great opportunities that lead to magical changes. This magic is how our energy fields and intuition support us in relationships, work, finances, and well, just having fun. Mystic Margaritas is created from both of our names being Margaret, which means pearl. Our combined experience and knowledge have created pearls we would love to share with you as you navigate your life. Margaritas in this context represents the sweet and salty of life. Listen for The Mystic Margarita Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 p.m. Central, 11 a.m. Mountain, and 10 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Mystic Margarita Show with Marge Bowen and Margaret Miller. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to mysticmargaritas at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. You're listening to Mystic Margaritas. I'm Marge Bowen with Margaret Miller. So we left off talking about presence and the butterfly effect and that we're all related. We're all connected. And again, we're back to this whole conversation about energy. And um, because we all are energetically uh, connected. And so I want to just remind our listeners about this idea that, you know, words matter. Everything has a frequency, right? Words have a frequency. Our emotions have frequency. The wall has a frequency. We live in a world of frequencies. And so if, if I am engaged in thinking and feeling and even speaking at a certain frequency level that is steeped in anger and resentment and bitterness and, and negative negativity, then that's being broadcasted out in the world to people around us. I can't tell you how many times I have, I have had uh, like a parent and a child, for example, in my office. And I've worked on the child and then I work on the, the parent. And, or, well, and once I work on them, 
then the energy, they don't even have to have a conversation. If we clear a lot of that negative, you know, energy that's being generated by their own beliefs or thoughts or, you know, uh, actions, whatever it is. And it's amazing how quickly people can change. So we just so heavily influence those around us. I just, I think understanding the, that being mindful and staying present and holding great value and responsibility for what we are broadcasting out in the world, it does have the butterfly effect. It does help shape the world and our family and our community, all of it. Mm-hmm. You know what, that reminded me, I like that a lot. And it reminded me of a conversation that I've had a long time ago with my husband, Doug. And uh, we have this conversation every once in a while, just to remind ourselves. Uh, and that is that, you know, if one of us is in a difficult place, it, it, be, it behooves us <laughs> to for the other one to hold the highest frequency they possibly can and to look at our partner in that who's in that negative state from the place you know looking through the eyes of uh love looking through the eyes of the higher self become the higher self in that moment and and hold that space so that you can so that they can climb up there right? You don't want to go down there with them. You don't want to, you know, uh, fall into the tar pit, right? And with them, because then there's nobody to throw you a rope, right? But if you're up there holding the higher frequency, then you you're essentially throwing the rope that the other person can uh, climb up, you know? And if we can do that for each other. And, and I, I really believe that the path of the mystic is that, that that's the path of the mystic is recognizing what you were talking about, that every, everything is, has a frequency and we can choose to be those higher frequencies. And we're doing that for ourselves, but we're doing that for each other. And we're doing that for the world, right? I think that's what it is. <laughs> well, and it, you're absolutely right. And just, you know, there, uh, Lynn Mataggart wrote a book called The Power of Eight. And what she discovered in her research is that when people, when eight people sit in a circle and they focus on one person in the, in the middle of the circle, for example, that is needing some healing, it is powerful. And the, and the reason it's so powerful is that the P, what she discovered is that the person in the middle got benefit of that, but so did everyone sitting in the circle. And the reason for that is that those people in the circle got off of self. They got off of self. And this kind of gets into the, a little bit of the relationship between narcissism and codependency, <laughs> because, you know, we do need to get off of self, right? And and it, it speaks to exactly what you're talking about, that rather than going down the rabbit hole with my spouse, if I can just get off of self, right, stay in that higher frequency, let go of any judgments, let go of any negative thoughts, just stay in the present and open up safely, you know, it's okay, you'll be all right to open up to what is really being said and hear it through your heart. That's possible. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's so awesome. 
it's it's so important for us to be able to do that and and look what happens when we do like we can have you ever i i i was just remembering um a time where i I was able, I remembered that, you know, I started getting in an argument and I started going down that rabbit hole and, and I somehow managed to stop myself. And when I listened, when I got myself to listen, I, I just started, I was just pouring out love. I just felt so much love and appreciation for what they had to say when even though it was coming through this, um, you know, a, a really negative way of, of expressing, it was still a very valid thing that they were saying. And, and I got to see how, how I could just change it by holding space for that. You know, I will never forget the first time I managed to do that. And it takes a great deal of self-awareness to do that, doesn't it, Margaret? It takes a great deal of awareness of self and maneuvering um, to be able to do that. And, but what it allows for is because usually when we're in that situation, our partner has a lot of emotional energy they need to diffuse. So really what it allows for is just letting them diffuse their own emotional energy because they've got to diffuse it. So if we can stay calm and allow that diffusion in an appropriate way, of course, right? Then, um, then that goes a long ways to to then being able to come to resolution of some kind. Yeah, well, I think I think this kind of leads us into um, just a brief uh, discussion of next week's uh, topic, which is um, cultivating discernment to tune into our empathic nature. Cultivating, Beautiful. yeah. Because, you know, as, as we are able to, uh, and this has to do with the sensitivity also, right? Because that's what we're dis, um, cultivating the discernment of is, is what we're feeling, you know, being able to discern and being able to hear the truth in something, being able to feel deeply into things so that we can, um, really uh, be the empaths in a positive way that we are and not be just um, bowled over by our emotions. Anyway, thanks for listening. I think yeah, we right look forward to, I look forward <laughs> to that next week. Thanks everybody for being on. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for choosing to listen to the mystic margarita show. Marge and Margaret will return next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 p.m. Central, 11 a.m. Mountain, and 10 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, drink up the magic in you.